Material Components, Season 2, Episode 29, Gear Up and Head Out. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I am your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Present. Yeah. Ditto. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I am Olivia, and I will be playing Florian of Akalar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. I am Michael, and I am playing Oswald Octavian Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the same question I ask every single time, and that is... Michael Lisman. Yes? What happened last time? Oh, so many things, Mike. Uh, it was kind of like a downtime sesh. So, we spent a couple of months at in space, just mm -hmm. traveling... Uh, Florian incited uh, a socialism through union spreading over the Mennonite. There's rights. Shay is creating what I dubbed Fayrasic Park. Um, <laughs> Amari is drinking alone at a bar, thinking about other times that are kind of sad. And then Oswald spent most of his time finalizing his report on the Esclipsis uh, endeavor. So past that, we learned a couple of things. One, there's a large, significant fey presence on one of, like, one of the fey that we have found. It seems to be some sort of significant fey entity, although we haven't specified what that is yet. We know that the Arch Proctor of the Cole Foundation approves of our work. Uh, that's nice. We know that... Uh, oh shit, yeah. Akalar was attacked, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a little Say place, what? A little place that one of us may or may not be from. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of terrorist organization of uh, of some sort, known as the Children of a Tear, former veterans from both sides who are now worshipping dead gods, whatever the fuck that means. So at this point, we are going solo on our own mission, flying off on our own spaceship, to a series of planets that have been affected by the Children of a Tear. I would list them out, but I don't remember the proper pronunciation of them. So I'll just <laughs> yeah. let Mike take care of that. You were led to believe that this series of planets, among them being the system of Akalar, Arlgev, Saram, and Rafas, all have been attacked by this terrorist organization called the Children of A-Tier. A A-Tier himself, themselves, little bit of argument there, uh, is what you would call a stead god. They are the, the old gods, what one might consider mythology here in the Dragon's Wake galaxy. Whether or not this organization actually worships A-Tier, unsure. It might just be a middle finger at the two semi-religious governments that recently tore the galaxy a new one in the southern reach there are worse reasons to join a religion i think sure again whether or not this is actually religious in nature or simply a political message of fuck the man we're doing the old ways yeah unsure but that being said what you do know is that 
while the storms repose, that massive carrier ship that you live and operate on, run by the Cole Foundation, can do a lot of good out in the galaxy. This is perhaps a little off the books in terms of actual directorship needs and wants, let us say. I, I feel like everything we do is technically off the books. It seems uh, to have been kind of vectoring in that direction ever since yeah. that first secret moon base, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Did So the thing I'm curious about, the secret moon base that we managed to find, was that just director Silvaro's just like, oh, they fucked up. They gave us the wrong mission. Or like, did we get specially chosen? I thought we started getting attention after we discovered the moon. I thought it was specifically discovering that moon base. Right, exactly. No. Did Director Silvaro give, uh, giving us that? Like, was that an accident? Did they know that that's what we were going to find? We don't know. We for specifically sure. chosen because we're so fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, based on your conversation with Mr. Zinn, it seems to be the former, not the latter. <laughs> I reject that. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Or Zinn is playing the long con and That's he was true. like, oh, this this group, they have potential. They're going places. Yeah. If there's one thing I know about Mr. Zinn, it's that he revels in the long con. So <laughs> that being said. You selected a ship from a semi-wide range of options that you had at your disposal, and you have been given leave to take this new vessel. I don't know if it had been given a name just yet, but it is a mid-bulk decommissioned frigate that had most of its weapon systems stripped out and replaced with a very complex and almost weirdly complex levels of sensors installed in it. I'm going to put forth uh, Virtual Boy as uh, as the name for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the Power Glove since we're going with old obscure Nintendo mm-hmm. things? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could also go with my uh, uh, my usual for naming animals, which is just random food items we could be flying the pork chop y'all mm. oh i i actually the BLT. kind of like that the, the marzipan express <laughs> Ooh. Oh, i like that one actually yeah that sounds sounds dangerous what about <laughs> but also delicious what about red velvet cake mm. just red velvet uh it's i think that's okay a, okay i think, yeah, I think no. that's a k-pop group if, if it's not, it's going to be. No, I, I, I can say with certainty that it is. <laughs> Red Velvet, Red Velvet is a K-pop group. Yeah. Anyways, uh, not delving into my weird amount of knowledge in K-pop. It, uh, it was bound to come up at some point. It was bound oh, to come yeah. up at some point. Yeah. I'm surprised it took this long. Honestly. Well, Cute are they? They're they're pretty adorable. It's a K-pop <gasps> group. Yeah, it's K-pop. Oh my god, they are. I don't see any of them wearing red velvet. Yeah, I don't fully know what the... Anyways, uh, what we should name this ship, I mean... It doesn't even necessarily need a name, per se. That is up to y'all. What you do know is that your loyal pilot is going to be joining you along in these escapades. 
How about the Blind Prophet? That's the name of our ship. As a Dune fan, I approve, but for all yeah, the wrong reasons. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the very end of last session, though, I, I think something happened. I'm trying to. Mm. I'm breaking my brains. Uh, it's something to do with. Re- should probably you should probably ask Lisman. He's the one doing the recap. It's true. Uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Amari said that he's a silly, silly boy, and that mm-hmm. he wears diapers on the reg. Mm. Yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> so that happening. That, I mean, that's what I have in my notes. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Oswald. Did you get my shipment of depends? <laughs> yeah, no, I need those. For, for my long uh, uh, stakeouts, for, for your long mech trips, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there ain't a bathroom in that thing. I'll say that it, much. It's true. They haven't figured out that still suit technology yet. Yeah. No, I'll, 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 I'll own up. Uh, yeah. At the very end of uh, last week's episode, we got a fun bit of information. Uh, the hegemony, and specifically uh, Senator Tem Hala, uh, Amare's old acquaintance uh, from Vast Plain, uh, sent a communication directly to uh, Amari uh, mm-hmm. about one of the people in this terrorist group, rogue you know, mercenary gang uh, being uh, someone from his past. Uh, There is a photo that was provided with the outline of a another mech brandishing the the markings of uh, a mech that had been involved with uh, Amari's old group, the Gold Main. It's true. And it was strongly implied by this communique from the hegemony that this situation needed to be taken care of in the most strenuous way imaginable in order to perhaps remove any possibility that the hegemony might be oh i don't know blamed for terrorist actions in the outer kingdoms that's just bad pr right there that's just bad pr yeah Mm-hmm. They say mm-hmm. they they say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but it turns out the line there is domestic and intergalactic terrorism. I mean, yeah. you know, Steven Seagal still gets work. So. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's best friend, Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He didn't commit terrorism. It was sex trafficking. Ah, my, I see. my mistake. Um, let's see here. But leastways, yes, we now find Oracle Zero staging their newly acquired ship in one of the larger docking bays aboard the Storm's Repose. You must needs find supplies for this jaunt away from your main base. You are going to be out on your own on the, the raggedy edges of the galaxy without any immediate assistance from your base of operations so it is up to the four of you to determine what you might need for this trip and supplying yourself appropriately let us just assume that food and water and basic amenities are already taken care of okay the ship is large enough that you can fit as much of that stuff yep (laughs) diapers Mm -hmm. toiletries things of (laughs) that nature hairspray hairsprays Mm -hmm. Mm And dies. Talon, claw, and nail cleaners, all that stuff. Oh, very important. Yep. And so so many bags of 
dead and living rats. Uh, <laughs> freeze dried. They're all freeze dried. Yeah, that's true. I, just, I can't remember if bulls you have to like hook out their hooves like you do with horses, but one of those little scraper things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There are whole industries in this galaxy for different uh <laughs> creatine-based care products that grow out of people's limbs. (laughs) But leastways, it is mostly this session going to be about familiarizing yourself with the ship, maybe coming up with a name for it, and requisitioning what supplies you might need for this journey to the four separate systems that you will be traveling to. So, Oracle Zero, Uh... what you doing? And if you wanted to have any last-minute scenes with anyone aboard the Storm's Repose, now would be the time. Well, somebody is going to need to talk to the quartermaster uh, who isn't me, apparently. You uh, did give me a list. Oh, it did. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does say on there as much emerald aethite as is reasonable. You also wanted a ridiculous uh, storage device that you were oh, uh, yes. How uh, denied last time. Yeah. Well, we might have to work our way up to that, you know. All's Next time, goal is just yeah. get all of us blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Oswald's listed reason for acquiring said device was <laughs> to fiddle with it. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't lying. Uh, sure. But now it could be necessary, but he doesn't know because he hasn't fiddled with it yet. You know, the scientific term. Exactly. <laughs> fiddle. <laughs> I don't necessarily have any scenes in mind. Okay. Um, I don't know about Same. anybody else. Do I? I actually, I should have asked you this off camera, but oh, do I have any <laughs> knowledge of these places or any of these other planets? I mean, obviously Akalar, but have I been to these other places? I would say most likely not. Most of these worlds are kind of out of the way. Not necessarily centers of civilization. And they're not necessarily, like, in the same area. No, they're not. They're fairly scattered over the eastern reach. The farthest north is definitely Akalar, and then they stretch in kind of that 45-degree radial along the eastern reach. The most central of them is definitely the the trade hub of Saram. It's located near a world called Efri Yag, which is one of the four planets controlled by the Akasi people. So that those are like cultural centers of the Akasi, which are exceedingly rare in the galaxy. But this world isn't that cultural hub. It is just a trading world near there. <laughs> so that's probably the one you would have the most familiarity with the area of, but not necessarily the planet itself. Okay. Is there any way to get, like, uh, any sort of dossier on, like, what to expect on those planets? Like, I mean, or is it just, like, a given that we would check, like, okay, one of these planets doesn't have a breathable atmosphere and you need to, like, have a suit for it? Yeah, no, all that stuff would have been provided in your... You were given dossiers on each of these planets. I gave broad overviews last time, but to repeat quickly, uh, Arlgev yeah. is a large oceanic world, but it is also an ag world where they focus on algae farming. Saram is a trading hub near this big 
Jin world. Uh, it is not the cultural enclave that Efri Yog is, though. It is more of a, a freewheeling kind of outer kingdom trading post where a bunch of powers might intermingle with each other. So it's got a bit of a Wild Westy feel to it. And Rafas is actually a what you refer to the gas giant as, but there is a mining operation orbiting that gas giant on a smaller moon that is there for mm. mining mostly gases and other rare minerals that can be dredged up from the gas giant. So, yeah, I mean, I guess <clears throat> that was what I was was going for, is, like, I would just like to make explicitly clear, like, yes, we're taking scuba suits in case we need to go to this aqueous planet, or, like, mm. obvious things like that. I guess yeah. when I when I say that now's the time to pick up supplies, now's the time to pick up supplies that you won't have to spend XP for later. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's nice the feature's there, but I would have had a lot more experience if <laughs> we had remembered everything. Uh, but that's okay. Should we get, like, motorcycles to ride around on the western planet, the uh, Saram, you know? Instead of, you know, horses, it could be cool. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah. yes, we should because well, that's I guess sick they'd be like hell. they'd be like speeder <laughs> like bikes, speeders, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could be... get some collection of smaller speeders, or you could get like one larger. Think like, Luke Skywalker in like a New eight. Hope kind of yeah. speeder car kind of a thing. Yeah, you will true. also have your shuttle number seven with you as well. True. But think about how cool, like, individual speeders would be. Although that would require all of us to know how to pilot them, Mm. which, uh, you know. Oswald's arms are so small. (laughs) They're so small. He probably wouldn't be piloting one. It'd be, like, three speeders. Um, It'd be a a Scooty Puff Jr. Can I pick up? (laughs) Yes. Can I pick up, like, a baby Bjorn that Oswald would fit in? (laughs) <laughs> As he just hangs from you, just eating a rat. <laughs> you gonna finish that? You could. Do you want to? I don't think that Oswald would like that. What about a utility pack that attaches me to it in case there's climbing that needs to happen? Yeah, sure. Uh,. That was the other thing I was going to bring up is my my specific knowledge of Akalar, I would probably get, like, survival kits for everyone. You know, like a grappling hook. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I want a grappling hook this time. I think that was very cool. I think that we should all have grappling hooks. I think. Right. Everybody, grappling, grappling, grappling hooks, hooks all around. <laughs> yeah, grappling hook? Yeah. Grappling hook? We're doing grappling hooks like they're shots. Yeah, exactly. Kick open the door of the bar. You would all learn about Akalar specifically, and something that Florian would already know, obviously, but the rest of you would have this information now, is that Akalar is kind of on the no-fly list in terms of galactic tourism, I suppose, because Mm. of its exceedingly dangerous flora and fauna. It is also not one world, but five fairly tightly orbiting planetoids that all share the same atmospheric sheath. Oh, that's weird. It's also very Ow. close to the northern reach, which is what most people attribute to uh, that weirdness. Oh, gotcha. I was just about to say, what is the origin of five planetoids within one single atmosphere? I, mm. I mean, in in real life, there are 
planet planetary bodies that do orbit each other as opposed to like the sun. But I did make this one extra that. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's super so cool. Is the atmosphere like a sphere and these are all sort of planetary bodies within that single atmosphere or is the atmosphere kind of just like glommed on wherever okay like cool, like cool, a cool. ring yeah it, it, more like an atom yeah, yeah. Oh, okay cool, cool. Mm, very cool yep and each of those <laughs> planetoids does have a name that's not super important right now but if you once you get there it may come up it doesn't have to mike <laughs> oh oh it will okay <laughs> But yes, what you know about Akalar specifically is that each of those planetoids is so heavily infused with aether. It seems as though there is some kind of aethium-rich deposits on those planets that haven't been mined or stripped by modern mining concerns because the local fauna is so dangerous. Are we talking like megafauna? Yes. Like... Why why are you from this place? <laughs> Be from like a suburb. Damn it. Wild West, baby. <laughs> that ain't the Wild West. That's like a fucking jungle. Is it okay? Is Oregon. It, uh, it's Oregon. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, it's the Amazon. I don't know. It's a lot of things. Yeah. It's it's a lot of things. It's so cl- kind of climate wise, what are what are we looking at? Uh, yeah, changes from together. planetoid to planetoid. Should I'm we just going to bring my whole closet. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be visiting all of these planets before we ever make contact with the the storm's repose again, correct? Or are we doing one planet at a time kind of a thing? The idea was to go to all of these worlds independently, and you're trying to track down the children of Aetir is your mission here. Yeah, okay. But So, theoretically, we could just find them on the first planet, Chances are that's probably not likely, but still. But the idea is that you're going to be so far away from the Storm's Repose that getting back to them would be problematic in short order. You're on a smaller ship, so it will require many, many jumps to cross a galactic distance, as opposed to one big jump that a larger ship like the Storm's Repose is capable of. How are the shutters on this thing? They good? Everything? Check that. Yeah. Yeah, you think so. And the amount of sensors on this thing might indicate that you'd actually be able to do some amount of observation while moving through the void without directly looking at it. This is That's horrifying. Yes, we should all pay attention to what's happening out there. Oh, hey, how about just mm, you, bud? Okay, (laughs) sure. I'll give detailed notes to everyone. We're just gonna, it's gonna be like fucking uh, Event Horizon. And then yeah. we're just gonna, after our yeah. three minutes, Oswald's naked and praying to the yeah. ceiling while, you know, Oswald's like floating. Covered in, in Because clothes. he doesn't wear clothes. I, I thought he wore a little like, vest. He wears a little vest, but that's about it. Okay. It's Donald Duck in it over here. He is, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing you did not include in your notes on Akalar, Olivia, is which of those planetoids is Florian from specifically? Where's the homestead? Message you. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so any other supplies you might want to requisition. We've got grappling hooks all around. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and again, 
whatever is a reasonable amount of emerald aethite to just have on a long trip you there's know? no such thing as a reasonable <laughs> amount of emerald aethite just to have uh that's the physics bending one right right i mean yeah. it's you know it's useful it is super useful and yeah there is a certain carrying capacity that a certain bird person might have to consider in terms of what a reasonable amount might be. No, it's true. You know, just do, uh, would it be able to replenish at all? Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Just, that's just like an overtime kind of a thing. I'm that's assuming what Aethite does. Great. Honestly, just want to make sure. Pick up the baby Bjorn for Florian and we'll just put the Emerald Aethite in it. <laughs> I, I'm calling it an Aussie Bjorn. Because that's what that's what it's going to be used for. See, um, I think last Aussie time... Karyaka? No, something there. Aussie... <laughs> I think I had three. Oh, I wish I could remember. You had three much. before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's Two go with sticks. Three. Let's go with five of those. And then, you know, I just have them. I guess I'll be creating a list of things to get for Oswald. Yes. Does everyone want me to go in one one fell swoop or or we could do a can... I mean we could have like a Google Doc. And okay. and here here's the thing that Oswald probably would have ignored is that all of these requisitions don't need to be in person. Like there are forms and he databases no idea. that you can actually just like click a couple of windows and send that off and then the requisitions office will take care of the rest. Storm's Repose has an app. You yeah, just put them in your cart. Yeah. It yeah. has a local intranet that is well, I, expi- explicitly for this sort of thing. I prefer a personal touch when it comes to this kind of stuff. I have so uh, many questions about the those. things we... Well, yeah. There's just a lot of questions about what we do and don't carry. Uh, some of it is There's, off the books. I mean, it's it, part of the app. You can search. No, There's but, a search function. I bet you, more than anything, there's some stuff there that's just for close friends, if you know what I mean. No, get it. it's pretty. I wouldn't, but you know, it's there, it's, and so I'm, I'm, I'm. It's pretty uh, comprehensive. They do a really good job of uh, keeping inventory and updating the app. Shay works on the app. Yeah, I actually no, they do a really good job on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't build it right. Like this thing existed before me, but I do tech updates every once in a while. How often is that? Because I bring a lot of things onto this ship. Um, I. Unless you've told someone about all of the things you bring on this ship, they ain't in requisitions, my friend. <laughs> oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. Cool. <laughs> what things could I get for Tux? Yeah, seems like that'll be important. What do you mean by things? <laughs> Can I get a... Well, so he's got... He's got we get, like, uh, parts? Like, like, uh... You know, replaceable or, or, uh, stuff for yeah, in, in case of repairs. like damages and repairs, yeah, yeah. yeah but absolutely. also like just different options to select it. You know, like maybe uh, like a big gun, or maybe like a like a grav claw, or maybe like uh, I don't know, like a it shoots a net, uh, an Ethernet. I don't know. Ethernet's um, something different. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so first off, uh, while Tux does have small boosters uh, to get around, uh, would there be something to perhaps add, like, more mobility you to it? 
this sort of thing would not be something you could easily requisition aboard the Storm's Right, repose. right, right, right. This is not a aftermarket I, mech yeah. <laughs> store. <laughs> I Right. So that's the thing. I was like, I've had two months, but I just found out about this. So, okay. I have no reason to want to get jetpacks for the mech two months ago. That sort of thing could probably be found out in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Mechs are standardized okay. enough that you could probably find some enterprising individual who might be willing to sell you a thing or two, but you have to find that person first. Is there a kit that turns my mech into some sort of, I don't know, foldable boat? I don't know. Does that exist in this world, Mike? A boat? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right right now, it's a a foldable submersible, because I don't think Tux floats very well. No. Could totally walk on the bottom of whatever. Yeah. Definitely not. Okay. Definitely not made out of that. Oh, it actually might be a good idea to get some sort of, like, aquatic gear for Tux. Mm. That way, if we go to this, like, underwater planet, you could make, like, like, make him amphibious? Make it amphibious? The problem with that is, again, I don't think they're going to... Would they have... Something like that, like a submersible kit or a conversion kit to do that. The best you could probably do is get pontoons enough to make Tux float in an emergency scenario. Yeah. I mean, that's not the worst idea in the world. No, it's just a ripcord and just, you know, okay, Tux is now at the surface now. Right. Yeah, because the little, like, thruster jets on them are just for, like, micro adjustments. Yeah. And they work in space because you don't need a lot to push and you. You could absolutely get some kind of jetpack from the Storm's Repose for personal use. Nothing built from mech. That's I mean, fair. we should all get jet. I mean, we all have grappling hooks, but should we all get jetpacks as well? I mean, it, it, who knows what we may or may not need. Again, also really good question associated with that. Do you know how to use a jetpack based on the no. talents you have? Okay. Just um, is it Aether Tech? I assume it is. It, it can be. Piloting no, what about is piloting? certainly. Uh... Oh shit! Yeah, no. <laughs> can we get a group jetpack? It's called a shuttle, and you already have one of those. <laughs> See, we can get it. Perfect. We did it, y'all. What about a motorcycle so big that Tux can ride it? <laughs> I think that's just, just some sort that. of large vehicle. <laughs> yes, I'd like to be piloting Tux. And then Tux piloting a large motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something Axel Amandita would do, so it sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's very true. He doesn't have a mech, so he wishes. That you know of. And No, he doesn't. Amar, you would know that stuff like that actually does exist. It's meant for quick transportation of large mechs. Brute chopper. Stuff kind of like that, where they're basically chassis that the mech fits into that you can then eject from while moving at speed towards an opposition target. I love that, and I want one. <laughs> it's also not something the Storm's Repose would have. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like military-grade hardware. Oh, oh fuck there. yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have stolen some military-grade hardware from that last planet. Oh, well, I guess there's always the next one. It's meant as a bridging vehicle. <laughs> exactly. Does it come in black? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be so good. 
Um, mm. On top of that, I don't remember. Did I, before our last mission, did I requisition some sort of upgrade for my gun? And also that gun that I picked up from the downed cyborg zombie one mm. that I hip checked with a car. What's that gun about? Have you spent some time inspecting it? I've had two months. It's true. That gun uh, is yeah. weird. Okay. But it's it's weird for a specific reason, and that reason is that as you're using it, you discover that it is the kind of weapon they warn you against in basic training. It accesses your personal aether pool in a way that is exceedingly powerful, but exceedingly dangerous. Hmm. Effectively, the gun shares your aether pool, which for a savant like you can be exceptionally deadly. Okay. So it doesn't have any aether on its own. It does. But Oh, it does. Okay. As opposed to most etheric technology, you're just completing a circuit. Mm -hmm. your contact with the whatever the mechanism is, whether it be a gun or a light switch, connects two opposing circuits, and it completes that circuit to make a function. And that's what chems mm -hmm. do. Right. What this gun does is you're not completing a circuit. You are the circuit. So you're funneling yourself into the gun and channeling it in a way that... Effectively, it's a large spell chem. That spell is lasers. I spend XP to also have taken one of those. <laughs> Too many sessions away from it now. The That's fucking rad. <laughs> it is. It's also exceedingly dangerous because you know that a gun like this can create a feedback loop. And if you're not careful... It can drain all of the aether from you really, really quickly. Hmm. That being said, you're a trained soldier. You know how weapons like this are supposed to function. You're not some wild yahoo just picking it up because it looks cool and then accidentally killing themselves using it. You would know how it works, how it functions, and how to stop from killing yourself. Yeah, taking that with me, 100%, and my regular gun. Um, the other thing that I was going to ask, did I requisition an upgrade chem for my gun last time? I do not believe so. Red. Okay, I would like to do that as well. Okay. What kind of mod are you looking for for your sidearm? Mods can do well, all I manner of things with weapons. They can make it so your shots dissolve stuff like acid they can make it so they superheat stuff with fire they can add like elemental effects of one degree or another they can do things like make the bullet curve sort of uh thing. hell yeah what about a laser bayonet they can absolutely add an etheric blade to the under barrel of any gun you want just giving you ideas, Reed. Just giving you ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait till you, you wait till you hear plans for other things at, at a later date when I've got uh, access to military grade gear. Yeah, I, I say, would like. Right, Reed's gun is a pistol, so a pistol with a bayonet. You're just like punching. You might yeah. as well just have Wolverine claws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a big boy, man. I also can just claw shit. Right? I can do that. Right, Mike? I got I got kitty cat claws. Did you get declawed? 
No, that's <laughs> super. That's super against like okay. all things on on vast plane. Only the worst criminals are declawed on vast plane. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I think I would like. Uh, oh, gosh, is there something that can help with like? Not necessarily a scope, but like target acquisition, ensuring that I hit the target. Not necessarily vats from Fallout, but something along the lines. <laughs> you want a seeker mod, something yeah. that makes the aether yeah. seek out another source of aether, and usually that mm -hmm. means people. Yep. That is absolutely something that's possible. That is not something the Cole Foundation would have, because that is explicitly <laughs> a deadly thing. Kind of oh, fucked man. up. I'm a soldier. It's what I do. You were a soldier. Yeah. So I'll say this much. The, the, the Storm's Repose has all manner of supplies. It is not a military armory. They have weapons, and they have stuff that might be useful in that scenario. But they do not have military-grade tech of most sorts. I need to talk to Zen. This won't do. <laughs> At least not the Storm's Repose. The Cole Foundation as a whole, there might be a militant branch of the Cole Foundation that you're not aware of. Who knows? But <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, we did note that they have, they not they don't have like a standing army, but they have a security force. There's a security um, force. You've never seen them with like military grade wartime hardware that you're looking for right now. But what if they did? What's the worst that could happen if they did, though? <laughs> you know, like... You know, if what if we turned our peacekeeping force into a military grade, you know, if we really armed our police force in a mm. way that made them mm -hmm. really, you know, scary, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, as long as we have some sort of, like, iron-fisted, like, individual to, uh, yeah, to make sure yeah, that they yeah, do yeah. the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oswald, bad. uh, bad. I don't get the connection you're, you're all making. Please explain it more to me. <laughs> well, you see, Reed, after uh, 30 years of continually militarizing the police, um, <laughs> the police have uh, guns, <laughs> yeah, it turns out <laughs> some big ones, too. Uh, yeah. Um, is there like a belt that I can get that when I push it? For just a single round of like combat, I don't take damage like a like a quick force field. That's like a one and done, and then it has to be recharged or something. Personal shields exist. Yes, they're not they're as useful as they're they're very expensive, and they're not as useful as that because when you say damage, it could rebound like etherix. But if someone yes. tried to just club you to death, they wouldn't do anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, etherics are, are fine. So, like, if someone tries to shoot you with a gun, it'll stop it. But yeah, it's like the uh, the shields in, in Dune, essentially. Kind of, but whereas those will stop anything fast coming at them, this will only stop energy-based things coming at you. Anything physical, like, say, gotcha. someone shooting a bullet. An actual bullet, yeah. It'll do nothing. Yeah, that's fine. Now, what you need is some military grade oh body God. armor. Uh, <laughs> it, got, got I, I also wasn't thinking of etherics. I was thinking like a pufferfish style vest where you just pull the tab and it just turned oh. Oswald into balloon or bubble boy. <laughs> he, he needs the anti avalanche jacket from James yeah. Bond. Uh, what is that? Die? Is that Die Another Day? Yeah. 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 That's about right. Yeah. 
Not a good one. No. I mean, that's fine. Would that be... I don't know. Are they unwieldy? Are they bulky? Or No, they just burn out really quickly. Okay. Shield I mean, technology well is not... It is not the, like, force fields uh, that you might see in other sci-fi settings in this one. Shields yeah. like that exist to a degree, but they wear out really, really quickly, and they're extremely energy inefficient. Yeah. It, it, it's just nice to have something in in a pinch. Um, sure. So... Yeah, you could you could have a, a personal shield belt that would la you could use it once per mission. Yeah, that sounds great. Effectively, this item would once per mission you could use this to prevent a condition. Great. Should we have a battery pack or I guess aether? I was going to ask this uh, earlier. Yeah, in kind of the same vein of. How many emerald aethites is too many? Um, how many battery packs is too many to ask for? <laughs> how much do you want to fill your ship up with random generators? Now, here's an idea. We sell the generators and say we lost them. We make a little money on the side and collect our normal paychecks. If you're asking for stuff you I'm can not... carry with you on a personal basis, having more yeah. than the number of you there are would be redundant. Because, again, it comes down to how many of those are you actually willing to carry with you out into the field? They're like little boombox. The smaller F, ones, I yeah. Believe. Yeah. That's as small as they get. Yeah. Mm. Sucks. Well, they're meant to well, be able to, like, it... plug into basic machines and power doors and stuff. Y'all have just been using them as battery packs for yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> because I have so many Aethers. <laughs> it would be nice to have, like some sort of generator on the ship that like after we're done on a place if we're feeling a little drained and by we i mean me and florian <laughs> yeah uh i feel like tuck should probably have just like a backup source of power just in case we need it's more me. oh it's you okay well yeah. there you go really fast uh, and the answer can be, I'm not going to tell you, nah, nah, nah. Uh, is each <laughs> planet like going to count as a mission, or is this whole cycle going to be a mission, or does that depend on what we do? I'll say, each time you leave your ship to go do a thing, that's a mission. That makes sense. Great. Doing missions within mission. Yeah. There is a an over-mission, if you will. It's the Uber mission. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sounds like you got everything you need. Except I do want to get uh, some sort of upgrade for my gun. Let's just go with like a standard like slag or something like that. Just, just bump up the juice just a little bit. Do you actually just want to increase the number of aether die in the gun? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, yeah. you should have said. Um, well, I'm going with that now. I wanted my hunter seeker, you sure. know, tomahawk <laughs> missile gun, but you said no, so I'll go with the yeah. It does one more good. All I, all I said was <laughs> not here. Oh, okay. Well, I'll mm. save. I'll save my military acquisition stuff for later. Mm. Improving the aether guy? capacity of a gun is difficult because you need a bigger gun. Yeah. Mike, you could just tell me no on everything that I want. It's fine. You I'm explaining the rules of the world. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't actually you gone could... into like a lot of how the items in this world work. True. And also you could have like a sidearm and also be like, oh, and also I want an extra 
fucking like a shotgun. Rifle. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, it's yeah. fine. I'm already doing that. I'm just trying to make sure both are awesome. I mean, they they are because they're aether guns that you can use. So, speaking of which, I did not explain exactly what the fancy tech rifle does. Every time you use an aether die while using this gun, it effectively counts as two. Oh, okay. Mm. And how, do, what is its total aether count in it? Three. Three, okay. And any aether die it has while you're holding this weapon count as the same size as your personal aether die. So since okay. you have Savant, there would be D8s as opposed to D6s. Okay. And when you say when it uses aether die, one counts as two? So if, you, if you're shooting this gun and you choose to yes. spend aether die... For every mm-hmm. one you spend, you get to roll two. Are those coming from it or me? That's just a function of the gun. Depends okay. on where you're spending them from. Again, gotcha. okay. the aether pools effectively become the same when you're using this gun. Cool, cool, cool. It's a good gun. One might even call it peerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex and I were talking about this. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned it as well the other day. <laughs> yeah. He was excited. Uh, and now I am too. <laughs> The uh, can I get my my spectacles since I got this promotion? I might as well upgrade what they can do. Uh, maybe a couple of modes: uh, night vision or infrared or aether. I don't know. Detect. I, who knows what upgrades I can get? Let's find out. Sure. While you're getting your enhancement surgery, you know that these things. You basically your brain is connected to the metanet at this point. Excellent. Through your implants. What's the worst that could happen? So while wearing these spectacles, you can activate a live feed that will be broadcast via the archive. Excellent. And if you gain viewership while you're doing that, you make money. God. I'm a live streamer, guys. Always were. Remember to smash that like button. (laughs) Smash it. If you want to upgrade your spectacles to become more filtered, if to have different styles of vision, they would effectively become goggles at that point, not just That's spectacles. Because there's a big difference That's between seeing different spectrums of light and having an AR <laughs> overlay. Well, I feel like a goggles look might be pretty good for Oswald. I don't okay. know. Yeah, that could be that could be fun. And mad scientist Birdman over here. Yes. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, any goggles you get, you could have two other visual spectrums available to you, and I will leave Great. those up to you. Okay. Whether it be, yeah, UV or thermal or night vision or even, yeah, etheric. Cool, cool. So now, finally, Oswald can be the one shouting, I have dark vision. <laughs> yes, finally! I think that's all I need. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I've got what I need. And I, you know, you know me, I'm bound to fuck up so many times that I'll uh, have enough XP to <laughs> Excellent. Just throw requisition around. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, did we get like medical supplies? I would just assume, assume that you have the basics, but if there's anything okay. in particular you want to pick up, now would be the time. Bone saw. Bone saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Bone saw uh, is ready. Is, is, got gotcha you for three whole minutes. <laughs> Is there anything that we could requisition that would allow someone to remove a condition? 
that would be difficult because none of you are trained in that sort of etherics. Now, if we downed a 12 loco really quick, does it act as, like, morphine? You think yes. that you've gotten rid of a condition, but in fact, it's oh, become easier okay. to acquire a second. Little known fact, one of the ingredients in 12 loco is morphine, actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a cocktail of... Uh, that does remind me how much 12 loco can I take? with me i i can't go too long without it it's, it's how many important. cases do you want stocked on your ship uh i'm gonna keep loading them on until somebody stops me uh, God damn it. after you've all left and there is a, <laughs> a a long while until somebody actually orders one mm. but it was be at that point that they realize that they are out aboard the storm's repose just imagining, like, opening up, like, a glove compartment. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and 12 loco just Oh, no. It's worse than out. that. You, like, come onto the the cargo bay of this large vessel, and you see several pallets, like, in a warehouse, <laughs> just shrink-wrapped off to one side. How did you get those here? Yeah. You in, did, you get, did you get in tux and go get them? Well, you showed me how to use it, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> was this not I just was this I not just the want, plan I, <laughs> now I may be kidding about the shrink wrapped <laughs> loading maybe pallets one, maybe one pallet <laughs> oh okay <laughs> I mean I don't know I, I, I am willing I to indulge your character's alcoholism to whatever extent you feel is necessary I think it's it's certainly more than what would be a reasonable amount. Well, I think we'll we'll leave it at that. Okay. Is this ship big enough that we have sleeping quarters, or is it just yes. bunks? It okay, is a cool. decommissioned frigate. It, in fact, has room for more people than you currently have aboard it. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. This thing could have, should be, reasonably crewed by around ten people. Should we have stuff in place in case people... You know, we take refugees uh, or or whatever. We should have supplies and rooms set up so that people can stay uh, yeah, if they I, need to. We're going to have to move some of that 12 loco. Be... Well, it'll have to go into my well, quarters. I was going to say, yeah, it's like... <laughs> to give you an idea of the layout of the ship, we have a large hangar on the, the bottom deck of this thing. It's the cargo bay. That is where the, your shuttle is suspended. It is where Tux is sequestered, and it's where a lot of your cargo is stacked up in crates to one side. On the level above that, you have the cruise quarters, the galley, the mess, the basic medicus, which is a medic's office, and a shared latrine slash washroom. Mm. On the third deck, you have the bridge and what used to be weapons batteries, but are now labs and sensor stations. And that is the layout of the ship. So it's Just pretty big. If we're, if we're going to be gone for a long time, I need to move the plants that Florian has in his room <laughs> onto the frigate. Mm, fair point. Wait, are these from Akalar? Not all of them. 
But the ones that are from Akalar, are those dangerous to be on our ship? Yeah, they have teeth. No. No? Not no. everything has teeth. Some are just big. This one's and just a big stripper. tongue. <laughs> it's just a big tongue that comes out of the ground. <laughs> I just, I've just had this in my room. Yes. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Uh, no, Mike, you can't oh. have that. You can't have that. <laughs> it's just a big tongue. What's the stat block on that look like? Muscular. Stop. I, sed I seduce the tongue plant. <laughs> stop. Stop. Is it known as the lengua leaf? I have to go. Yeah, like me too. Okay, <laughs> Olivia, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Florian, you can either take all the plants with you or get somebody aboard the Storm's Repose to care for them. Oh yeah, I don't lock my room, so I'll make sure somebody... Who are you uh, gonna dupe into Down that? here, we don't lock our door. <laughs> I don't have anything in there that is illicit. Mm. Now my final question to y'all before you make your leave of the Storm's Repose is... Shay, what are you doing with all that Fey stuff? It's a really good question. Should there's, we bring? There's uh, absolutely room to bring it with you. Should we bring Fayrasic Park onto the ship? See, I don't think so. Like, I think for now it's probably fine in in Delphi, safe and sound. Sure. I, Mike did say that without. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say feeding, but whatever some of the entities are on those, the smaller ones, they may not last particularly. Oh, that's true. I did say that. Yeah. Yeah. I it, We have been Again. into a lot of phase stuff, so it might be good to have a closed loop that we can either learn from them or possibly continue to figure out how to get them out of there if that is a you yeah know, so again if we if, run into any buildings that we don't particularly care about we just use the uh <laughs> the fey equivalent of the nuclear option and just yeah. flood it with fey yeah and mm -hmm. just yeah something that would occur to you and something that may have prevented you from Acting as recklessly as you might have done otherwise aboard the Storm's Repose. Is as Elliot wanted to. <laughs> if you're not on the Storm's Repose, the Fae can't get into the Storm's Repose. Yeah. So, but leaving them behind is also absolutely an option and probably the safest. But is it the most narratively interesting? That's yeah, the question. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah. We take half. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, no. Uh, but also, they're like on the weird off chance that this goes completely off the rails and we can't return to the storm's repose for a while. That it might be better to have them with us. Yeah. It also, yeah. I think it's us and our shit always goes sideways. <laughs> the chances of us running into something. This seems like a galaxy-wide sort of whatever is happening. So having that so that we can continue to figure out what the hell's going on would be beneficial. Yeah. I'm bringing them. Yeah. I also know how to pilot tux. So. 
<laughs> there's just a pile of of uh, twelve loco, and then there's just a pile of uh, encapsulated phase. Yeah, excellent. Well, with all of that aboard, you have what you need. Duma is ready up on the bridge, no longer in a pilot's chair. He now sits at a a helmsman's station, which mm. is there's definitely a moment where he sits down and kind of like gets his arms wide for a second across all the instruments going, oh, Duma could get used to this. Yeah, good for him. Hmm. At the word of your team leader, this ship will depart. I should say before we go, um, just one thing. We might be running into another mech, so just there's, prepare for that. There's quite a few out. In no, galaxy. it's worse than you think. Do you care to elaborate? That no. means so many things, Amari. The children? What was it? Uh, was the name of the, the terrorist okay. children Ch- of Etir? Uh, Etir. Etir, yeah. Uh, the children of Etir have one. And a pretty oh. good one. So, just know that. Well, uh... Hate it, Duma! And then, That's we, and then we just fucked oh, yeah. like, <laughs> Nobody's strapped in. Everyone, like, just... <laughs> well, here, here's my question. Perhaps we could acquire it and then have two. That's such a good idea. I love that idea. Hey. And I hope that happens. I really, really do. Great. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Good ones. I'm going to crack open a 12 loco really quick. <laughs> the fact that you don't already have one open is is shocking to me. I was... It's for the mission specifically. Oh, okay. These are mission beers. Yes. <laughs> also, beer is such a... It's it's a misleading phrase. Well, yeah, what is this thing? The... Yeah, this I was going to say beverage. earlier. It's, it's, less, it's less alcoholism and more just like an amalgam, like substance, soup. substance abuse is a yeah. better amalgamation. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Of it's, Oswald's problem. It's, it's like the original Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> Just Indeed. chock full of laudanum. Mm. As you are coming out of the storm's repose, you now have access to the galaxy map that I've just uh, <gasps> shared with y'all. Ooh. We finally finished the tutorial. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know that the Storm's Repose oh. is currently located near the world of Noku. It is the original Rini home world that is in the middle of recovering from a devastating nuclear winter, essentially. So that is where you're currently located. Your ship that you're piloting, still as of yet unnamed, can make jumps across small sections of the galaxy with its warp core. It can go within about a, let's say, 10 degree radial of wherever you are, as opposed to the Storm's Repose that can make massive 45 degree jumps across swaths of the galaxy. You have to make multiple little jumps to different worlds in order to get where you're going. There are safe paths that have been charted throughout the galaxy. So... There, you can just warp in a straight line, but it can be dangerous to do so because those warp paths have not been charted by anyone. 
So your travel throughout the galaxy might be a little circuitous in the ship, but you have free reign. You know that the worlds of Jan Zithoff, Douthul, Efri Yag, and uh, Yagrosh are connected by what are called Jin Gates. They are enormous teleportation rings that can literally get you from one side of the galaxy to the other. And they're the only type of in existence. Oh, great. But who you made can, them? Uh, they're what's called God's Tech. They're ancient and no one quite knows, but they just exist and people accept that they work. Stuff like that exists yeah. all over the galaxy. I just fly up to the, the, the mass relay and poof. It is not even that complicated. It's you fly through a ring and you pop up on the other side of the galaxy. How often? Like, how common is it for just people to be traveling through these things? Like, is this a regular part of galaxy travel? Very or... common. It just, okay. if you're willing to pay for it. Gotcha. If you're not, it just makes your trip a little bit longer, which is totally fine, because that way is free. And I would say most people do that. Do we? Did we get, like, just a bunch of money from, you know, the uh, Coal Foundation just, you know, just to keep us afloat? You have a lot. Excellent. You've been given around 250,000 jewels, which is a lot of money. It is also your entire budget for this trip. Where is the casino planet? Mm. <laughs> I can double one? that. <laughs> the closest one would probably be Fingalurf, the gnomish homeworld. That makes sense. What, what, we should make a quick Mike? stop really quick. <laughs> What, Fingalurf? What is it? Fingalurf. I love gnomes. It's on the galaxy map. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Perfect. what is your first destination? You know of the the four different locations where the children of A-Tier have been spotted. You know of, well, a great many other things, but the galaxy is yours. You can go where you want. The mission is open for Oracle Zero to tackle however they see fit. If you think that your first line of business needs to be heading back to Vastplane to question the people who sent this to you in the first place, that's absolutely an option. If you want to head to the heart of the Conus Empire to say, hey, why are you guys such assholes? You could absolutely do that, too. I feel like going to Vastplane makes the most sense. Getting any amount of direction might be beneficial. No. I that can't, sounds logical I, to me. I honestly yeah. can't think of any reason not to. You're putting I mean, your own needs above <laughs> the missions right now, okay? I know what you're talking our about. Own, our, <laughs> own, our own needs to figure out what's going on. What? Uh, no, my own needs would be insisting that we stop at the casino on Fingal Earth first. <sighs> Work trip. Oh my god. We're here on business. Yeah, there's um, Akalar, Arlgev, Saram, and Rafas, which are also not on the galaxy map, but their general location can be provided at a moment's notice. Yeah, I'd love that. Akalar is located kind of on the outer rim between the northern and eastern reaches. Arlgev is located closer to Vargas, the, the Lycan home world. Mm-hmm. Saram is located near Efri Yog, which is located there in the, the mid-rim of the Eastern Reach. Mm -hmm. And Rafas is located on the far outer edges of the Eastern Reach, 
out okay. of that big swath of wild space. Okay. And do we know where the children of Atir were, like, where they were last? They were last on Akalar. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, the, the order of the that attacks the went recent. Rafas, Saram, Arlgev, Akalar. I mean, does it make sense to, I know we said we were going to the, the trade hub on Saram, but does it make sense just to go straight to Akalar and get the most recent information? I think it makes more sense to go to Vastplane first, but why? <laughs> because why did why is the hegemony interested in these worlds that are literally a quarter of a galaxy away? It's bad PR. Like I, I'm, I'm 100 certain it's that. That's why. Bad the, PR for what? The hegemony. Well, then why they would it be have... bad PR for the hegemony? I told you. The mech is from my old unit. Didn't I? No, no you fuck. did okay. not. <laughs> no, okay. What I'm remembering is when I was adding, uh, recounting the, the email thing that I got earlier in the session. Never mind. I haven't told you that. Uh, oh, interesting. That, well, yeah. okay. I, I kind of was wondering two why it was important for you to bring yeah. up that they had a mech. Mm-hmm. Or how you knew that information in the or... first place? Yeah, yeah. Team leader, it's fine. You important business need to know now. You need to know. Well, uh, uh, that quick, seems fake, but quick okay. Question, quick mm-hmm. question: mm-hmm. If it's bad uh, PR, as you say, uh, to have this mech uh, unit going around causing dis- wanton destruction, wouldn't it be in the hegemonies? Uh, best interest to assist us in figuring out where uh, where they are and how best to deal with them. I think they're not going to do that. And why? Is That's that? me. I'm the assistant. <laughs> are you working as an agent of the hegemony within the Cole Foundation? Is that what you're? Nope. Saying? Well, that's kind of nope. what it sounds like you're saying. It's no. Nope. It it's sounds our, a bit our, like that. Our, our goals align. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, I'd like to know Vastplane's interest in this. We don't have to go there if that's too much trouble for you. They're probably not going to tell you. Well, I suppose we could always just uh, find this information uh, and post it on the archive, and then everyone will know. Seems like a good way to end up dead. All of us. Mm. Sounds important. Ah, I hate these governments. I hate them. <clears throat> that was out of character, but also in character. Duma, who is sitting in his helmsman's chair, slowly sinking down a little bit, like, Mom, Dad, please don't fight, is asking for a heading. Great question. Well, I, I suppose it is up to the team leader. Where would you like to go? Do my set course for Saram. Okie dokie. And so he do. And so he do. Saram is located basically on the other side of the galaxy. Not opposite where you are, because where you currently are, the opposite would be the Northern Reach. And honestly, the cold tower, and you don't go there. That's that's a bad place. Yeah. Too cold. Hate towers. It is the center of the strange 
fey expansion in the northern reach it is a, a monolithic superstructure that has lots of weird rumors swirling around it sounds like they'd know what to do with all of these data cams <laughs> perhaps but you are moving north into the center of the eastern reach that area of space that was most devastated by the shattering a lot of the reconstruction efforts happening there are being spearheaded by the vast plane hegemony they are doing what they can to recollect those governments and worlds that were once unified under the Minos Dominion and now have been set adrift by the Shattering. That being said, the world you're headed to right now was never a part of the Minos Dominion. Efriyag is a free Akasi world built on intergalactic trade and the cultural mores of the Akasi, those strange elemental folk that are perhaps the oldest species in the Dragon's Wake galaxy. Their culture dating back far before any of the known sapient species. The travel there takes a long time. On intergalactic travel scales, anyway. A ship of the size you currently have can make that three-minute jump through the void easily enough and cra cross a vast interstellar distance. But between each jump, your warp core needs time to recharge and refresh. So, moving across the galaxy in a smaller ship is a lot of moving a great distance in a single jump, and then sitting there and doing nothing for a while. Moving a great distance, and then sitting and doing nothing for a while. So while you are moving mind-boggling amounts of space in a little bit of time, it still feels like a bit of a drag. Takes like are, are, 30 whole minutes. <laughs> are these pathways that have been like charted through the void, are they planet to planet or space to space or both? Both. Okay. The, the, the void paths that have been charted are done so because of what is known about the void. Again, that obvious secret that spacers have, that there's shit out in the void. And that if you take the wrong path, that shit will eat you. There are deep myths in spacer culture of whatever those things are. They have lots of names. Void Titans, Jotun, Space Leviathans, whatever it is that lives in between dimensions in that emerald hellscape. If you venture off the path that people have tracked for hundreds, if not thousands of years, that's where they're waiting to eat you. People still do it, because sometimes it can make the trip faster, and sometimes that's important to some people. But there are charted paths for a reason. So yeah, sometimes you are suddenly in wide orbit near a planet. Sometimes you're just floating in the middle of nowhere space. Even those bits of nowhere space, though, will have... Metanet buoys and comm stations built at those specific locations that they know people will warp to. So you, by no means are you disconnected. Hmm. Uh, this is more just like a, a point of interest thing. I'm sorry. I'm not, not necessarily incredibly relevant, but hmm? how do ships keep from warping into the same space at the same time? 
if they are if there are like large amounts of people who are following these pathways um metadata mostly okay. and so it is like like a like a in real life aircraft where you have to be like basically ship systems are built so that a they won't warp on top of each other and b before you make a warp usually you're in contact with wherever you're going it yeah. does happen sometimes but usually what results is that the ship that's currently warping in, if they're warping into a occupied space, will get shunted to the nearest non-occupied space. Violently, and sometimes catastrophically, but... Yeah. Mm. Good. Great. I love it. Love space travel. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Space is big. Really, really, really big. But sometimes it's not big enough. It's like, yeah. <laughs> the... Total travel time to where you need to go is about a week. How big of a dent does Oswald put in his four loco uh, stash? Twelve loco. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, twelve loco. Don't forget the extra locos involved. <laughs> I don't know. Steady amount, you know. Hope he's trying to make them last the whole mission. Mm. Speaking of uh, traveling through the void. Uh, you said sensors can sort of observe what's happening without actually having to see the Emerald Horror. The sensors aboard the ship, once you get to know them, you begin to realize that there is a lot of data capturing equipment on this ship. Just based on poking around, you would guess that this is probably a former spy vessel of some kind it seems to be built to pick up signals from a long distance away this is the greatest ship that's ever existed you're pretty certain that this was probably built to sit on the fringes of some system and just monitor signals coming to and from it awesome it is also a formerly imperial ship it was clearly decommissioned from the conus empire the systems and scanners you have, like I said, long-range communications seems to be a thing it can be capable of. Mm -hmm. Very specific scanning modules exist on the ship that allow you to detect etheric power signatures, life signs, all that good Star Trek-y nonsense. Excellent. It can also let you take readings while in mid-jump if you wanted to. Yes. I wish to do that. Okay. These trips through the void are different than the ones you've experienced aboard the Storm's Repose. Mostly because in the Storm's Repose, you have layers and layers and layers of ship around you as you're moving through this green nightmare. In this, you have sometimes just a bulkhead between you and the void. For Wizard, this is a rather unpleasant experience. Oh, every time we warp, Shay it just goes into their sleeping quarters and just lays face down on the bed. <laughs> this ship is built to where it can navigate without a dedicated navigator, but it would certainly be helpful to have one if you ever needed to warp somewhere that didn't have a confirmed nav point essentially so there is a station for a navigator if you need to use it which is like an isolated contained 
section of the bridge that isolates you from any other etheric sensory data, like, say, the void. Oh, okay. Then that's where she goes and lies face down on the ground. Yeah, it's essentially like a sensory deprivation tank that you kind of, like, close the hatch on top of yourself. That's located in the middle of the bridge, essentially. It looks like there's one of those, you know those cargo containers that you see sometimes strapped to the top of jeeps and stuff? Mm-hmm. It looks like one of those. Yeah. Never seen one of those in my life. Like, person-sized. Nope. Can it nah. double as a tanning bed? No. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it's interested. cracked open and put in the middle of a sun, maybe. Hey, well, there you go. If you installed tanning bed lights inside yeah, of it. it if, like, you, if you made it a different thing. <laughs> I'd like to spend an experience point. No. Okay. <laughs> Jake could get a cool tan by the time we were at our location. Oswald, something you would notice. Mm-hmm. How, how often are you observing the jumps? Not like throughout the entire experience of a jump but i'll check in probably every time like we do a jump okay and again each jump only lasts three minutes oh i guess that's true yeah it's the the time in between that's longer than the jump themselves right yeah as you're putting time into this observation you notice some weird discrepancies in the data that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Just occasionally you'll see little blips of nitrogen, which shouldn't exist in a empty void. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you'll get a little blip that indicates an etheric reaction, which doesn't make any sense based on everything you know about the void. Aether just doesn't work there. Mm-hmm. The weirder thing you notice is a sort of lack of sensory input. There will be these absences in the recording data where it's just nothing for maybe 30 seconds. And then it'll continue to record weird background static and energy that you expect to read within the void. Mm. The weirder thing that you notice is that occasionally... Those absences are recorded outside the ship, but on more than one occasion, you get readings of those absences inside the ship. Oh boy! Oof. Uh, does it give me? It doesn't give me specific locations, does it? Just generally in and out of ship. Give me an Aether Tech roll. Sure. To see if you can figure this out. Or sorry, no, that would be a D10. I would like to be able to figure this out. I'm going to... Go all in. No, no, no. <laughs> do it. It's... Coward, do I'm it. Not, I'm not doing that again. I did that last time <laughs> way too early. But uh, let's go with Mastermind. I'm going to spend one Aether to double my tactic and talent die. Okay. So, yeah, we'll do this. Uh, and then I'm just going to spend one Aether. Sounds good. Okay. Ooh, not too shabby. Uh, so very nervous about this information that he has come across. He desperately tries to 
figure out. Uh, he cracks open a 12 loco just in time mm-hmm. uh, and is able to focus uh, for a moment as he rolls a 23. Excellent. Yeah, I was looking for a 20 on this one. Damn. You managed to piece together a way of detecting... Like, you, you, you see what the, the background readings are for the Void, and you're able to transpose those onto your newfound goggles and sort of figure out a way to detect those absences in the readings within the ship and sort of have kind of a Geiger counter. Cool. And you know if it ever flatlines, you're detecting the same absence of data and there doesn't seem to be a pattern in when it appears inside the ship but it's near the end of your journey that you've kind of put together this scanner of a sort and you detect another flat line within the ship and you go looking for it while you're still in mid warp mm-hmm. when you find florian and the flat line goes off as you're staring at your companion, detecting a weird absence from your Taro companion, you don't know what to make of it. And I think Florian d- does what you just did, listening the little <laughs> head cocked to the side, just like, Hey, uh, what's up? Aren't you, uh, a gesture to the ship around? Like, aren't you doing your weird sciencey things about the void? Oh, d- not currently. Um, th- how uh, how are you feeling, Florian? I feel fine. Yes? I know that. Glad, um, uh, glad Shay, to get into a planet. I, yes, I, I know that Shay is uh, definitely affected uh, by these trips. Uh, I'm just making sure that everybody else is uh, feeling okay about them, and uh, yeah. I'll just shrug like what? one shoulder. Good to know. I'll I'll check on I'll check on Amari as well. He 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 goes off and does not check on Amari. Um, that is interesting. I don't like it. And after a couple more jumps, you find yourself at the trading hub of Saram. It is a garden planet, albeit one that is maybe a little closer to the sun than might be generally considered habitable. But there is uh, a fine oxygen-nitrogen mix that is perfectly breathable, albeit a little arid. It is a dusty world, and most of the population centers are located near the poles, both north and south, where the climates are a little cooler. The central band of the planet is dominated by these massive salt flats, where salt mining actually does, in fact, happen. And that it's a very profitable industry, albeit one that is very sweaty. Yep. I'm sweaty. What? I'm sweaty. I'm sweaty. <laughs> Why are you sweaty? The main trading city of Saram is a fairly large metropolis. Not nearly as big as District 997. Not even close. But it sports all the modern amenities of spaceports and tall skyscrapers and technological buildings. The comings and goings of this place are many. There is a thriving space station up above the planet that serves as the docking control of this particular outer kingdom. There is a 
type of barony happening here. There is a, a baron who runs this world as a, uh, a trade ambassador, essentially, and those who wish to do business here have to pay the baron, as it were. Is he a southern-sounding gentleman who dresses all in white and might be a vampire? And Who's the- to say? It's weird. He looks exactly like Paul Rudd. Exactly like Paul Rudd. It's so weird. (laughs) But as you make your way towards the docking fields of Saram, located just south of the city, you would note that there is definitely signs of combat that happened here. Both in the form of large salvaged wrecks of Imperial and Dominion ships hauled into orbit to be worked on by salvage teams, as well as more recent signs of battle that happened in the on the in and around the space station that is located in orbit of the planet. Is this barony do we have to like directly make I don't know, supplication to this baron, or is is it just a like a toll kind of thing. There is levies made on anyone who's doing trade and business here, but customers can come and go as they please. Oh, okay. Cool. okay. So landing on Saram is an easy enough feat. There is a small docking fee, of course, but that is a measly five jewels per day. Oh, that's nothing. I just hope someone's keeping track downtown. of all of your money. Why, why would we keep track of our money, Mike? That doesn't make any sense. I'll do that. I'll make a spreadsheet. Okay. It hasn't been an issue up till now, but yes, you now have 250,000 jewels, and you won't be seeing any more until you find your way back to the Storm's Repose. Oof. Unless. <laughs> Unless. We rob a bank. No, Oswald can make money. go to the casino. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah, we could also go to the casino planets that's true no but oswald can can make money from live streaming right if people watch i mean that's mostly just for me no but i'm saying like you as like as a character have income separate from ours that is true yeah so yeah you have found your way to saram the trade hub in the center of the eastern reach here there is clear evidence of wars both past and present and this was Right in the middle of the children of A-Tier's recent rampages through this quarter of space. There's plenty to discover here, plenty to walk around, talk to, find out more about who your enemies are and where they might be. But I think we're going to figure some of that stuff out next time. But of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis, where I post art and post about MatCom. You can also find links to my Patreon and Society6 stores there, so you can help support me. You can find me on Twitter at CryOutOlivia, um, where I talk about all sorts of stuff, including mostly tabletop RPGs. Uh, come hang out. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at the Readamus, where I post lots of pictures of my adventures and tweets about my 
shenanigans. I also run the Matcom RPG Instagram account, so you can also find us there at Matcom RPG. And you can support us by rating and reviewing our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And when you do, include the name of an NPC in the subject line of the, of the review, and we will put that NPC into this campaign. That is absolutely true. And when you do, you can also find me on Twitter at MKGergoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things Matcom and tabletop RPGs, such as our good, good friend Omatep, who you can also find on Twitter at NPC underscore AN, because even though he is not in this campaign yet, he is, of course, an important NPC. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, the world the galaxy is chaos. So please be kind to one another. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.